We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the DFS OGs podcast. I am Chris Beermakers fan Prince, joined as always by my OG compadres, Head Chopper, Notorious. Guys, how was your week 15? And please, please tell me it was better than mine. I mean, couldn't be worse. That was one of the worst weeks I've ever had last week. So a lot of landmines out there. We'll get into them throughout the show. Pour one out. I got a list as long as my wall here, so I'll let you guys go first, and I'll just clean up the scraps. But let's bring you guys in here. Chop, we'll get started with you this week. Tell me your week 15 was better than the old beer man's. I would probably venture to guess. I I was probably on the same, same path as you. I don't know what your ROI was, how negative it was, but... Mine was pretty damn negative. I mean, you, <laughs> you can't get much more negative than what I had. So, yeah, it was a uh, it was a rough week. I didn't I didn't fare very well. But uh, so there's a lot of guys I could pour one out for. But I'll just go with the guy who probably busted up my cash game team the worst, and that was Deshaun Kaiser. I mean, for some reason, I thought he was trustworthy as a really cheap quarterback against a. Well, I mean, with two big weapons now and. And uh, I guess the secondary I thought was going to falter, you know, and he didn't do it. I mean, he did the opposite. He was really, really bad. So he busted. I mean, I had some hopes of at least salvaging a few head to heads or something, but that didn't happen because Kaiser was, you know, you just, it's tough to do it with like a six point quarterback. So Sean Kaiser, man, pour one out for that poor guy. He he probably won't, he he won't, he probably won't be starting very much longer either. Yeah, you know, they like to pull him in and out. So as far as the ROI chop, mine had a negative and then one of the biggest numbers I've ever seen. I didn't know numbers went that high. So (laughs) that tells you how my week went. So Derek, somebody had to have a good week here. They're going to they're going to shut this baby down. Please tell me you had a good week 15. There must be a glitch in my process because all the smart people that I've talked to this week just got crushed. And uh, I ended up having my best week of the season. 
So I'm pretty happy. Uh, but funny story, I joined Thursday to Monday contests. And when I joined, I just enter a dummy team and, uh, you know, go to the 6K range, and just click on a bunch of names. And uh, yeah, I forgot to change it. So uh, I had two players that didn't even play. Um, and I still cashed in my Thursday. So I, I had luck on my side. I had uh, McCaffrey and Marquis Goodwin and Garoppolo. Just a bunch of, uh, yeah, I had luck on my side this week. So I'm, I'm riding high. Oh, now I feel even worse. The guy who just clicks names did better than the guy who spends hours and hours and hours researching everything. So, yeah, my pouring out is going to be my whole week. You know, it's it was just Russell Wilson didn't get it done. Jordy Nelson, I thought, would bounce back. Didn't get it done. So I can count on three fingers what I did right this week. Todd Gurley, Keelan Cole, and my best player in my cash game lineups, kicker Robbie Gould, who lit it up. So, Definitely ready to go on, but you know I'm going to pour one out for my whole week 15. Just a rough week, but you know if you guys are out there listening, it shows you. Everybody has rough weeks. The beauty of daily fantasy sports, you get up, you dust yourself off, you come out swinging out of the corner, and that's what we're going to do here in week 16. So different setup this week. No Thursday night game. We have two Saturday games. We have a full slate on Sunday, which is Christmas Eve. No Sunday night game. And then we have two games on Monday. So we'll cover the Saturday games as a slate. We'll take time and break down each and every game on the main slate. And then we'll break down those Monday games. We do not have DraftKings pricing as of now for those Monday games. But I'm sure that'll be up right after those Saturday games lock. So once again, appreciate you guys for joining us. So let's get started, guys, with that Saturday slate. And not the best slate out there. So, Chop, you get to lead us off here. Indianapolis and Baltimore. Baltimore, big home favorites here. And then Minnesota and Green Bay. And, you know, and there's not a line on this game. And I think the reason why is Aaron Rodgers. You know, the Green Bay has been eliminated from playoff contention. I don't think that Aaron Rodgers plays in this game. If it's up to the coaches, if it's up to the doctors, he's not going to be in there. It'll be interesting to see how much pull he has because I'm sure he wants to play. He's probably the only one. Uh, that wants him to play. So we'll just uh, operate under assumption. We'll go both ways. You know, if he plays, if he doesn't play, where's your interest level in Green Bay? So let's start with quarterback chop on this four-game slate. Who are we looking at? Because there's not a lot of great options here outside of maybe Case Keenum. Yeah, I really wish uh, Tampa Bay would have pulled that upset last night so it would keep Aaron Rodgers active this week. And I have the same feeling that I think he's going to sit. If he's active, he's the guy I would lock into this slate. And if he's not active, then I think I'll just swerve to Case Keenum there because you can late swap. And uh, I think I'll just take a shot at Keenum, even though I'm not particularly fond on Keenum. If Aaron Rodgers sits, then I think it's a lot less likely to to be that high-scoring game. But you don't have any choices after that. So, I mean, that's where I would go. If Rodgers plays, he's number one. If he doesn't play, I'll sw- I'll switch to Keenum because I think he becomes number one at that point. But the point on this slate is that I, I don't think I want a piece of that early Baltimore-Indianapolis game. Yeah, I mean, you got Flacco at 5,600, Brissett at 4,600. I mean, intriguing price tags, but 14-point favorites here, Derek. Any interest in either of those guys? And, and I forgot, we have a million-dollar tournament again on this two-game slate. So $8 buy-in. Uh, DraftKings really ramping it up, so make sure you get entered uh, into that bad boy. But, Derek, where do you come out on quarterback? Is, is it Case Keenum? What, what if it's Hundley? He's only 5K. Any interest there? 
As far as the Colts Ravens game, I mean that one's just ugly. I think there's going to be you know one maybe two guys that I like on the Ravens side, but neither quarterbacks uh, interested for me. I do think uh, I agree with Chop. I like Rodgers if he's active. If he's not, just uh, easy pivot to Case Keenum. Uh, Packers have one of those uh, pass funnel defenses where they're good against the run, really bad against the pass. So I think it's a good spot for Keenum. It is in Green Bay, uh, so we'll probably have to check the weather on that one. But I think he's probably going to be the guy I end up with if Rodgers ends up being out. Yeah, I'm with you guys. It's going to be the Minnesota Green Bay quarterbacks. If it's Rodgers, I agree. He's only $100 more than Case Keenum. Never thought I'd say that in my life, but here we are. Uh, it shows you how well Keenum's been playing, and uh, he's the guy if Rodgers isn't in there. I don't have any interest in Flacco or Brissett. Let's go to the running back position, Derek. I'm going to use my third and wrong here on Alex Collins because I was all over this guy, and you know maybe it's more in the Cleveland D was a lot better than we gave him credit for. I mean, they shoved, shut him down multiple times at the goal line. So I was very heavy on Alex Collins. He didn't get it done. Does he bounce back here? Most expensive running back on the slate. So your interest level on Alex Collins and then the rest of these running backs here, all pretty cheap under 6K. Definitely a nice spot uh, for Collins to bounce back. The only uh, running back that I was more tilted with last week was uh, Chris Ivory. I mean, the fullback scored two touchdowns, and then uh, the third string running back came in and scored a touchdown. I mean, that was just – very tilting uh, on my end. but uh, So I guess he's going to be my third and wrong for last week. Um, but I think it's a good bounce back spot for Collins. He still led the backfield in uh, snaps last week. Javorius Allen played a little bit more than I thought he would. I think that's going to kind of revert back to normal. Uh, expect Collins to get back to 50%, maybe even more uh, in terms of snaps. And it's a good matchup against the, against the Colts in a game where they should be playing from ahead. So I really like Collins. Uh, after that... I think uh, McKinnon's interesting. You know, Latavius Murray's getting more of the the running game work, but McKinnon's got that pass game upside. We saw him catch over 100 uh, receiving yards last week, which was uh, really impressive against the Bengals at home. So I like McKinnon and I like Collins. Uh, and then as far as the Packers go, I'm kind of I'm going to lean to you, Beer, since you are the resident Packers expert. I think we may see a tilt back to Aaron Jones this week. So 4000 on him, 53 on Williams. They're almost back to a split committee, so give me the cheaper guy there. But against the Minnesota Rundy that's been a lead all season long, really don't have a lot of interest. If it's Rodgers, I have a lot more interest in the running game. It just opens up more things. If it's Hundley, you know, Minnesota's just going to shut that running game down. So not a lot of interest. And let's think back to week six, Chop. Jarek McKinnon had one of them huge games against these Green Bay Packers, almost 26 fantasy points in that game on DraftKings. So had a huge game Latavius Murray, not so much. He was under five. So if you put a lot of stock in that, is it McKinnon over Murray? And then where do you come out on Green Bay running backs and Alex Collins? Yeah, so just looking at the running back situation on this slate, I think Alex Collins is the first guy I lock in if I'm playing any significant money on the slate. And then I look at Minnesota, and uh, Aaron Rodgers plays a part in what I choose to do at running back over here, too. If Aaron Rodgers is active, I want Jarek McKinnon in this game as my running back. And if Aaron Rodgers is not active and they go to Brett Hundley, I think I want to go Latavius Murray and uh, think Minnesota could grind it out with a lead and and run it. I mean, Murray's definitely the guy they just want to kill clock with. And he was borderline about to have a bust-out game last week. Uh, but for some reason, they threw a one-yard touchdown to Kyle Rudolph, or else that would have been Murray's second touchdown of the game. And and then they pulled him later in the game because it was such a blowout. So I think Murray is the guy I want if Rodgers is inactive. 
and because I think then Minnesota wins this game and wins it by a couple of scores and they grind out clock in the second half. But if Rodgers is active, then McKinnon is a guy I turn to. And, yeah, I don't have much interest, uh, too, too much significant interest in a Green Bay running back against a tough defense. Real quick, hitter on, on a Danny Woodhead, on a Buck Allen. I mean, Ravens, huge favorites. You know, uh, Woodhead's had four more catches now, you know, seemingly four out of five games. Buck Allen, we've seen come in and do some damage. So if they get a big lead, maybe it's Buck Allen. And we always talk about on these two-game slates, you got to get creative. Any interest in either of those two, Chop? No, I just haven't. I think it's really – there's so many things that have to go right for Danny Woodhead to pay off. Uh, that I don't want to take a chance there. And Javoris Allen is kind of the same way. I mean, so many things have to break right. If I'm going to take a chance, I think taking a chance would be a guy like Aaron Jones. I don't think he's going to be that highly owned on a, on a slate where there's other good running backs. And, and he may lose a lot of ownership to the same guy in his own backfield. So uh, I, I, that's the guy I would take a chance on, Aaron Jones. All right, Derek, any interest? Woodhead, Buck Allen on the Baltimore side is big heavy home favorites. Uh, not really. You know, the Woodhead, you know, part of the reason why he was so successful in San Diego is because uh, they'd use him a lot around the goal line, whether they'd give him little little dump off passes or uh, runs. And he's just not getting any, you know, run in the red zone. So I don't really think Woodhead's my favorite play here, especially since I'll be playing from ahead. And uh, same for Jawaris Allen. I kind of expect him to go back to seeing, you know, 20% snaps or so in this one. All right, Chop, let's go back to you here. Let's just lump pass catchers together, wide receivers and tight ends. Obviously, the Vikings guys. You know, let, let's let's make sense of them. We know it's a fantastic matchup. We got Adam Thielen at 8,100. Stefan Diggs, we saw finally get in the end zone, 6,200. Uh, even a Kyle Rudolph here against the Green Bay team where Greg Olson came back to life against M5100. So I think they're going to be the popular options here. Prioritize those guys for me and then go over some of your other uh, – guys you're looking at here at wide receiver and tight end. Who's that, me? Oh, yeah, we're leaving <laughs> out with you here, Chuck. Well, you were taking a nap on me. I know we're the OGs, but uh, I, I thought, a little afternoon siesta for you. I'm playing with my spinner over here, man. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I just, oh, you got a little fidget spinner there? Yeah, just trying to just trying to get by here, man. Just trying to get by until I got to pick up the kids, man. I'm counting, right. counting down the minutes now. It's that there you go, folks. Uh, look into the life ahead, <laughs> I mean, I would say my favorite play here is, is Stefan Diggs, and he might be one of the, my favorite plays on the slate. I, I took the chance on him last week, and he did okay. Could have could have been a bit better, but uh, I think it's Diggs and then, and then Thielen, and I probably uh, – Rudolph is probably not a guy I'm going to touch on this slate because I don't think there's a, a tight end on this whole slate that – feels all that great to me so it may be one of those things on a on a two-game slate you can get away with you can get away with a zero in your lineup and still do really well if that if there's not enough guys to impact the other positions and if you hit on your players that you that you that you were able to get up to because you took a zero but a low dollar guy so I probably won't go Rudolph at all but I like Diggs and Thielen in that order Now it's my turn to nap here. Derek, what are your thoughts? Wide receiver, tight end. You know, make sense of these, uh, these Vikings guys. Again, you got Thielen way above the pack here at 8,100. Diggs a little bit cheaper. Rudolph, uh, and then interest in the rest of the pass catchers here on this slate. I think Minnesota going to dominate ownership here with these four teams. Now, I'll start with Devontae Adams. Uh, left the last game with a concussion. Pretty nasty hit. 
um, you know, it's usually hard for someone to come back a week in a week. And uh, he's only got six days since this is a Saturday game. So if he ends up being out and then Rodgers ends up being active, I think you play Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb. I do love the Vikings guys as well. Thielen Diggs, uh, definitely a blow up spot against the Packers secondary. So those are going to be my favorite four, depending on, you know, if Rodgers plays and if Adams plays on the cheaper end. I think Mike Wallace is interesting. Uh, it doesn't sound like Macklin's going to play. Wallace has uh, been pretty good. He's had uh, at least eight targets in three of his last four games, and he's cleared 89 yards in two of his last three. Um, and that's about it. Don't really want to mess with any of the Colts guys. Um, and then the Baltimore cheap guys, I just don't think they're going to get a ton of work uh, seeing as how they're such large favorites. For tight end, yeah, I kind of just think you play – maybe play Jack Doyle here. I mean, the only way I think they're going to be able to move the ball is to get the get some shorter targets over the middle. And, uh, you know, Doyle's just been a target machine this year. So I kind of like Doyle a little bit at tight end. Yeah, nobody's really going to look at that game. So, you know, Indy and Baltimore, it's not a, an appealing matchup. You probably get some lower ownership. As far as Stefan Diggs did not play in that game earlier this season against Green Bay, but if you look back to last season – Couple not so great games, but you know had a, a nine catch, hundred eighty two yard, and a touchdown game last season against the Green Bay team. So clearly a good matchup and a nice discount off Thielen. But I'd be all over that Minnesota passing game. I think they're all viable options. Anything to close up here? The, this little two gamer. I know we always say be creative, think outside the box. Any other final tips here, guys? Before we move on to the main slate. Derek, what you got? Uh, I'll just say if you're playing large field tournaments, I probably wouldn't use the Ravens defense. They're going to be like 70% on or something silly like that. So maybe take a shot on the Vikings if Aaron Rodgers uh, is out or, uh, you know, try, or maybe even, even the back. Even if he's in, man, all yeah. the interceptions, Vikings D, fire him up. Chop, any final thoughts here on that Saturday slate? Uh, I was, I just kind of what I just mentioned a minute ago. It's, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird thought but if if you have a choice between I know I know Jack Doyle is and Kyle Rudolph will be popular options 5.1 and 4.7 but let's suppose those guys don't do very much and their tight ends and their track record is okay but not immaculate it's not Gronkowski or anything what if they don't do all that well and you and you punt it and get the zero and you save over two grand in salary that could be a difference right there that could not only change your roster from everybody else's uh, because you'll be getting higher priced players at, at every other position. You know, there's a lot that could you, you change it up and you could it could also benefit you in the long run with a higher score. So don't be as afraid to make weird moves like that on a two game slate where you're battling it out with 75,000 other teams. Yeah, I mean, especially a guy like Ben Watson. I mean, he's had some good games, scored a touchdown last week. Uh, if Rodgers is in there, he clearly likes throwing to Richard Rodgers. So mm-hmm. yeah. you know, those are two guys that are risky, but you're right. Those two other guys, uh, Doyle and Rudolph, are going to dominate the ownership. So uh, a smart pivot there. All right, let's move on. Main slate, we got leadoff game Tampa Bay and Carolina. You know, one team with a lot to play for. One team you know, fought their hardest against Atlanta but didn't get it done. Uh, Derek, let's start with you. Tampa Bay, whenever they're on the road, they seemingly give up 30 points each and every week. So I don't see many pieces of the Carolina offense that aren't in play. You got Cam McCaffrey back to life. I think this is a good bounce back spot for Funches. We saw Olsen rise up and do something. Even Demir Bird catch a couple touchdowns. So break down Carolina. Who are you prioritizing here? Any interest in the Tampa side as big underdogs? 
Love the Panthers' side of the ball. Uh, you know, as long as they don't get their running game going, which uh, I hope they don't, just so we don't get any troll touchdowns from Jonathan Stewart. But I think it's a great spot for Cam Newton. I like that Christian McCaffrey's price has come down a little bit. I do agree with you on uh, Funches. think it's a nice bounce-back spot for him. I think a lot of people are going to chase the Demir Bird uh, two-touchdown game last week. I don't mind him, but uh, you know he's probably going to be my third favorite wideout in this offense. Greg Olson looked good. Uh, we mentioned last on last week's pod that he ended up playing you know ninety percent of the snaps the week before last, and so uh, just a matter of getting targets, and we saw that uh, come to fruition last week. So I like uh, the Cam McCaffrey, Funches, and Olson. I think uh, Stack is definitely in play here. Implied total over twenty eight, which is one of the highest on the week for Tampa Bay. Uh, I think a lot of people, you know, might look to Jameis Winston because we know we like to pay down a quarterback on DraftKings. I'm not going to go there myself. Uh, Panthers, decent defense, especially at home. Uh, the way to beat him is at wide receiver, though. So I do have some interest in Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson. Then if they don't end up playing Doug Martin, I'll definitely have some interest in, in Peyton Barber. All right, Chop. Jay Stu, 3,700. Team old guy. You know, big home favorites. Can we go back to Jonathan Stewart? Half joking there, but where are your favorite pieces of this Carolina offense? That was my first thought when I saw this game was, uh, man, they could really grind it out on the ground here. I, I don't think Tampa Bay is going to offer a whole lot of resistance uh, on the ground. So, I'm, I'm a little scared for the passing game of Carolina just because of that. They'll be able to grind it out on the ground. Uh, I, I don't, you know, if everybody says that they don't want Demir Bird because they're chasing points, then maybe he'll be a nice little low-dollar uh, contrarian option. He'll turn contrarian now because that's two weeks in a row where, you know, that's nine targets in two weeks and some red zone targets. And, and a, probably his specialty isn't even the red zone. It's the deep passes, the home runs. Uh, kind of like that Kalen Clay out there in Jacksonville hit a home run for you. So he could be, you know, like a version of Ted Ginn kind of out here. So I'll go back to him if nobody else wants to get on him. I, I think he has a chance. Uh, I was, I'm was i a little worried about Funches. Took a real hard shot there in that game. Uh, obviously could barely move at first. He came back. But I'd be a little bit worried if this game gets out of hand and they can run. I don't know if I want to pay 6.6 for a guy who's going to give me another goose egg this week. Uh, I would just rather pay 3.5 for the goose egg, take bird. So I'm not, I'm not really, I'm not, the passing game is scaring me here for Carolina. As good as the matchup is, it's scaring me. So uh, I, I may be, I may turn to Jonathan Stewart. That's a good price tag. On the other side, the only guy I have any interest in, in this, on this team right now is Mike Evans, but I'll, I'll reserve an opportunity to take one of the tight ends. If, uh, if one of them ends up missing time in practice this week because they both got banged up on Monday Night Football, then the other one would be a good option. But right now, Mike Evans is my guy. I don't want Peyton Barber uh, or Martin or Sims or anybody against this Carolina defense. And Winston had his best game of the year. I, I don't want to take him, but Mike Evans would be my guy. All right, next game. And let's save some time with, with this one, guys. No offense to the Cleveland Browns and the Chicago Bears fans out there, but this is just not a very appealing game. Total at 38. Bears about a seven-point favorite. I think the question is Jordan Howard, guys. Whenever he's been in a spot like this where it looks good, and I know Cleveland's run D been good, but we expect him to do well. He doesn't. When he's in a spot where we don't expect anything, he goes off. So I guess hit on Jordan Howard real quick and the rest of this game, but let's save some time here. Chop, what do you think? Pretty low total, pretty ugly game in my opinion. Yeah, it, it screams ugly, so Howard would be the only guy I would even contemplate 
playing for the Bears. He's at home, and that's always a good option. And on the flip side, boy, Cleveland's so bad. And the only thing you would even remotely think about that I'm remotely thinking about is Josh Gordon, and that's only because it's a fair price tag. But even then, you have to limit – his upside so limited with Kaiser at quarterback, who's just not good at all. So uh, Gordon and Howard are the only guys in play, and they're not at the top of my list by any means. Yeah, tough place to play going to Chicago, and the total kind of reflects that. You know, Gordon down to 6,300, Corey Coleman down to 4,000. So intriguing prices, but not guys I'm going to go out of my way uh, to roster. Derek, how about yourself? Jordan Howard, thoughts there, and then the rest of this game so we can move on to bigger and better things. I played Jordan Howard once uh, on DraftKings this year. Predictably, he got zero catches, and then the game flow didn't go his way and uh, put up a dud. I was uh, on him one of those weeks where just didn't show up uh, in one of those good matchups. I'm not going to be using him on DK. just think if I'm paying that much for somebody, I really want them to be involved in the passing game. Uh, I think Shaheen's interesting if he ends up being able to play. Uh, didn't play last week with an injury, but we know the Browns really bad against tight ends. So uh, if he's active, I like him as a sleeper. On Cleveland's side, I'm going to go back to Josh Gordon. I mean, the targets are going to be there. They're going to be playing from behind most of this game. Uh, he's seen 11 target, 11 six and 11 targets in his first three games. Uh, he's uh, one of the best air yard candidates, as Chop loves. And oh, and, and, yeah, I, I just think. You buy in on the talent, even though uh, there's no talent at quarterback. I could hear the fidget spinner pick up speed <laughs> when you mentioned air yards. I heard that baby crank up. So you, you you intrigue the old chop over there with the air yards. All right, next game, guys, Detroit-Cincinnati. We didn't talk about this in the open, but week 16, you really got to think about what teams have a lot to play for, what teams have kind of mailed it in. Detroit's still alive in the playoff race, so they're going to need some help. They're going to need to win both of these games. Cincinnati – Marvin Lewis already come out and said, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. So, you know, do, are they done? Do they put up a spirited effort for their coach? Uh, you got the return of Marvin Jones here, a little narrative. And then A.J. Green's price down to 6700 uh, in this matchup with Detroit. So, Derek, a lot to get to in this one. Who are some of your targets here for you in Lions Bengals? Theo Riddick's looked pretty good, uh, you know, as a running back one. Yes, and, uh, yeah, I mean, we've always thought of him as just a guy that can catch the ball. But, uh, you know, he's uh, looked good running as well. But he is uh, – or he did leave the game a little bit last week, but I do think he's going to be fine. So if he's active, I think you can definitely play him at this price. They are favorites. He's only 4700 which is really good for a running back that's going to get, you know, five, six, seven targets – uh, I like the Marvin Jones play. I do like that revenge spot. I do think uh, he'll be a little more popular than he should just because people love to play the narratives. Um, so maybe if you want to go a little contrarian, play Tate instead. Not going to be using Stafford. I think there's a couple other quarterbacks that I like a little bit better. On Cincinnati side, yeah, if Mixon's out, I don't mind going back, right back to Giovanni Bernard. But as for the passing game, I think I'm just going to be avoiding it. Uh you know, AJ Green, it just looks like he's given up. He just, uh, last couple of games, he just doesn't seem to really care. I mean, he could definitely bounce back against the against the Lions, but he should draw Slay's coverage. So for me, it's just Giovanni Bernard, and that's only if Mixon's out. Yeah, it's, I mean, even a guy like Tyler Croft, we know Detroit's been struggling against tight ends, just 2,600, but this offense just hasn't looked great at all. And, you know, Riddick, keep an eye on him. He's hurt. But Amir Abdullah upset with his benching chop. He was behind your boy Tion Green in the pecking order. You know, I think they're not really ready to go back to Amir Abdullah, and it's pretty easy to see why. He just hasn't been good. So uh, Riddick is the guy I kind of like here, along with Marvin Jones, 
Thoughts on Lions and Bengals, Chop? Oh, my first thought is, please, for the love of God, as a Cowboys fan, I wish Cincinnati would not mail this game in. Just, try, <laughs> just do something. Beat, beat them. You know, I need, uh, I need, uh, I need a loss out of Detroit. I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna backdoor the, or squeak into the playoffs because uh, they got the tiebreaker over the Cowboys, uh, who I think both, uh, I think both those teams went out. Atlanta's not going to win out, so I think Atlanta's going to get bumped from the playoffs. But so I, I'm going to need Cincinnati to pull off the upset here if they can. But uh, it scares me because yeah, they're a total lame duck coach, a lame duck team. Their superstars aren't performing right now, so I'm a little worried about it. Uh, so for Detroit, I mean, I'm looking at I'm looking at a Golden Tate and Marvin Jones as the way that they're going to move the ball down the field here on the road. Uh, I don't know. I don't know the status of Burfecht if he's going to be back this week or not. That would really that would really squash a lot of desire I have to play the running backs against this team. Uh, but regardless, I think those two wide receivers are perfectly in play. They've been targeting Eric Ebron quite a bit here lately, trying to get him involved. But we all know that's how that how that turns out for you when you roster him. So I don't think I want any piece of Eric Ebron. But uh, I like the, I like the wide receivers here for Detroit. And on the flip side. Yeah, I don't know what AJ Green has left in him this year. He, like, like Derek said, he's been kind of like floating around out there. Maybe this is the home game, and he gets it back together and and pulls it together for one big rally here. But regardless, I think the guy I want here is Joe Mixon. If he if he comes back this week, if he's healthy and he's had a nice little two week break, and he's and he's juiced up and ready to go, uh, I think the Detroit team can be had on the ground, and I think that's the guy I want to roll with if he, if he ends up being active. All right, next game, we got a, a blowout alert here. Miami traveling to Kansas City. Kansas City, big 10-point home favorites here. So we saw Miami basically have their Super Bowl, beat New England at home, and then travel to Buffalo. And we kind of talked about it, a uh, letdown spot, and they lost in that game. The one guy that got it done, Chop, was Kenyon Drake. But now the price really got juiced up on him. He's up to 7,100. So thoughts and interest level there, road game against Kansas City. And then what do we do with this Chiefs team? The offense has been better. We know the typical the typical suspects here: Kareem Hunt, Travis Kelsey, and uh, I'm a Tyree Kill. Who are your main targets here for the Chiefs? Oh man, come on, Kareem! One more time, baby! One more time for the championship. <laughs> Let's do it, man! Like like I got to give the guy some props. He stepped up last week and carried a lot of teams to a to a, a first round playoff win there in the playoffs. So or second round or whatever round you're in, but. So uh, I think, and I'm thinking he's going to do the same thing this week, and he's the guy I have the most interest in on this entire team. Obviously, you could go Kelsey, who's the second best tight end in the game, and Tyreek Hill showed last week that um, you know he's a threat. I mean, it's one play for him, and he's and he's make, and he makes some value for you. But uh, I think Kareem Hunt is the guy I really want here because I think this game could get to be a blowout. The spread says so, but not just the spread, the eye test, and everything else. So I think Kareem Hunt, they ride him another week here, and that's that's where I want to go with it. On the flip side, yeah, this is a, this is the time you start fading Kenyon Drake, I think. 7.1 is a little bit too high right now. The point totals that he's been putting up would have been fine for this price range, but on the road here against this defense, I think they kind of shut down the run and force him into strictly being a pass catcher, and if that's the case, then uh, maybe the points don't rack up so easy in this game. And so uh, I, I think you could fade Drake and – uh, maybe turn back to Jarvis Landry this week. He's kind of taking a backseat in production here with Drake, but maybe they ramp it up. So Jarvis Landry's the guy I'm most most appealed in for Miami this week. But Kenyon Drake seems like a good fade this week. 
All right, Tarek, I know that you and Kareem Hunt have had a love-hate relationship uh, this season, so I'm intrigued to see what happens here in a home spot against Miami. Is Notorious on Kareem Hunt? Has he written him off for the season? Where do you end up there? And then hit hit on Kenyon Drake as well. I'm in the boat with Chop. I think the price has gotten to a point where I don't find him as much of a must play that he was when he was in the high fives. Now, that being said, even if they're down, he's a guy they're not going to take out of the game. They can still throw to him. So I'm not ready to write him off completely, but definitely much more interested in Hunt. Where is your interest level in Hunt and the rest of this Chiefs offense? To clarify, this has not been a love-hate relationship. Strictly hate. (laughs) All All hate. hate. (laughs) I haven't gotten him right once this year. Um but, I mean, big favorites at home uh, since they switched or since Andy Reid, you know, let go of his play calling duties. This offense has been a lot better. I do think they're going to get him the ball in this spot. Uh, 8,400 feels like a lot, but uh, I certainly think you can play him. For every reason, Tyreek Hill just doesn't play as well at home. I still think, you know, those are a bit noisy, uh, the home road splits, but uh, I don't really love the spot for him, especially if they're going to be playing with such a big lead. I think Kelsey's a better play. Um, the Dolphins 29th in DBA against tight ends. As far as the Dolphins go, it kind of scares me how much I like them this week, um, especially considering the fact that the Chiefs have held their opponents under 20 points in 13 straight home games. Uh, but I, I'm against you guys. I like Drake quite a bit. He's played 94 and 99% of the snaps the last two weeks. I saw 11 targets last week. He's getting carries, he's getting targets. And it's just hard to pass up on that kind of workload uh, from a running back. The Chiefs haven't been great uh, against a run. So I think uh, I'm going to go right back to Drake. Hopefully his ownership will be a little bit lower than it has just because the price has come up, especially over on Fando. I think you can play him. 7,100 over there is too cheap. And then the Landry and Parker both didn't play as well. Landry saw 13 targets last week. Parker saw 12. Uh, it's going to be a game where they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. So I think they're both interesting plays. Landry probably more of the cash game guy. Parker more of the the sneaky tournament play. So any interest in smoking Jay then? You like the whole offense. He's only 4,800, but I didn't oh, hear man. his name there. Full-on Dolphin stack. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> right. any, any concern if Damian Williams is back as far as Drake goes? I think he's earned – uh, the right to be the league dog there. But do you think Williams, if he's back, siphons away? Any yeah, of that I'm going to be watching it closely. I don't really think that they need to bring him back uh, from a shoulder injury with only two weeks to go and no shot at the playoffs. But uh, if he's back, I will probably lower my exposure to Drake a little bit. All right, next game, we got Buffalo and New England. So Buffalo right now in the playoffs, but traveling to New England and, and big underdogs here, Derek, uh, anywhere from 11 and a half to 13, depending on where you look. And, New England somehow pulled that game out in Pittsburgh. Uh, don't even get me started on that Jesse James thing. It was ridiculous, but uh, not now what we're here to talk about. And then Buffalo, you know, any interest as a big underdog in McCoy, in Tyrod Taylor, uh, where are you going in Bills and Patriots? Yeah, I felt bad for our boy Big T uh, in the DraftKings final. Yeah, it was not horrible. only did he get the touchdown overturn, but then he could have used overtime. He had, I think, he had four guys from that game. Um, but anyway, feel bad for Big T, but I still think a uh, pretty nice payday for him. As far as the Bills go, I don't really know if I want to target any of them here. You know, Shady's had a pretty good history against the Patriots. We know you can beat them through the run, but such large underdogs. I just don't know how often, you know, they're going to be able to run the ball in this one. Uh, you know, he is a guy that can catch the ball, so I think he's fine in tournaments. But if uh, Demian Williams is out, I'll take Drake over McCoy dollar for dollar. On the Patriots side, just the same as always. I mean, you can play 
Brady, you can pair him up with his receivers. Uh, love Gronk in this spot. We know he loves to face the Bills, uh, usually when it's in Buffalo, but I, I think he can have another big game against them here. And uh, Lewis and Burkhead, a little too expensive for me. Uh, Lewis is going to get the yards. Burkhead's going to get the goal line carries. So uh, a little too expensive for my taste, but I do like Brady with uh, Gronk quite a bit. Well, Burkhead looking doubtful. That means Ooh. a return from my oh, boy, no. Mike Gillisley. Expected to be oh, active. And a revenge? Big, yeah, a little revenge game. Big home favorites. And I think he finds the end zone here, Chop. How crazy of a play would it be to roster Mike Gillisley at 3,900? Well, it would be a little bit crazy, but it just these are the kind of things that made me think the NFL is totally rigged. So Burkhead goes <laughs> out. And now all of a sudden, Gillisley, not only does he get a return here, he gets a return against his former team. Wow, what are the odds? Like, no, I mean, And it's Belichick. Yeah. You know Belichick loves that stuff. 100%. That's the reason why I'm not going to – like, you're going to hear – we're doing this on Tuesday. By the time Sunday rolls around, you're going to hear Deion Lewis's name so much in so many different oh, yeah. articles and everything. But it's But I could tell you right now, I'm tempering my expectations and I'm not falling for that trap because – Gillisley could very well play the role of Burkhead around the goal line and steal all Lewis's carries around the goal line. There's no guarantees he's going to get that goal line work. So I'm a little, you know, I'm pumped the brakes on that one. But I do like, uh, I do like Lewis in between the twenties, and I do like Gronkowski again. This is a, you know, matchup he always thrives in. I'm gonna temper my expectations on Brandon Cooks, even if Hogan is out again. I don't the receiving core. I, I think they can do this game up pretty pretty easily without. Brandon Cook's having to go crazy, so I don't know if I'm going that route. And on the other side, McCoy is the only guy I have interest in, and I actually have quite a bit of interest in him considering his price just keeps dropping and he keeps performing. And against New England, like the last two games he's played in New England, he's caught 12 passes. So they even if he doesn't run, they get him the ball in the air. So uh, I'll take a chance for 7.8 for a running back who gets goal line work and catches all those passes, even in blowouts. I'll take a shot at on McCoy. Yeah. And a couple weeks ago, he averaged over six yards of carry against them. So clearly a good matchup on the ground, but uh, even James white could be back in play here, guys at 4,100. I don't know how much they'll need to throw the ball to their running backs, but you can't tell. I'm excited. My boy Gillisley back in my life, so I'll be taking this shot. Is this going to uh, revamp your best ball teams? Is this going <laughs> to put a needle in their own? Oh, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a late late, late run, no. late, late late night rally with my Gillisley team. So we'll see. A couple touchdowns, so Gillisley would be nice. So an intriguing play nonetheless. All right, let's move on to maybe the game of the week, guys. Atlanta, New Orleans, big total here, 52-53. Uh, uh, both teams a lot to play for in this one, especially Atlanta. So, Chop, tons of options here, but you can't have them all. Who are your favorites, Saints and Falcons? Oh, yeah. This one, uh, for me, is is pretty easy. Uh, I, I This is one of the reasons why I think that uh, I said uh, I don't think Atlanta makes the playoffs. Their schedule here these last two games is brutal, and there, there's no way they walk out of this this building with a win, I don't think, on Sunday. So, uh, it's my it's Mark Ingram, and that's the guy I'm going with. I know guys are going to go with Kamara, and uh, there's always the threat of the big play with Kamara, but I'm telling you, when they want to grind the clock out in a game, they turn to Mark Ingram, and he's always going to be the threat to break off that 50-yard run like he did this week, and he's done it multiple times this year at the end of games. 
he's the he's the clock killing back. I want Mark Ingram this week. I don't even want to go back to Mike Thomas. Man, you know, we've been waiting all year for a good game. He finally had like a really good game, close, borderline great game. But I'm not going to go there because I just don't think they need to pass. I think they're going to do it all via the run, and I think it's going to be Mark Ingram. He's the New Orleans Saint I want. And on the flip side, uh, really the interest for me lies with Julio Jones because I think they're going to be in catch-up mode. And I know people are fearful of Lattimore, but I think Julio Jones can beat anybody on turf. So uh, he's the one guy I would look at. I probably don't want to go back to Freeman, especially if Coleman is back healthy. But Julio versus Ingram is the two guys I want in this game. Yeah, and Atlanta, 30th in the league in, in DVOA against the run. So we know it's a good matchup for both of those guys. The price is pretty much even, 82 and 8,100. Derek, any favorites there among Kamara, Ingram? I know you've been more on Team Kamara, Chop been more on Team Ingram. Are we staying with that again here this week? Well, it seems like every time we do this podcast, you know, I'm interested in one of them. And then by the time Sunday rolls around, I don't end up playing either. Um, I, I think I think they're both fine, you know, a great matchup. They're home favorites. They should both get uh, plenty of work. So certainly don't mind Ingram or Kamara. If I had to choose one, I'd probably go with Ingram. I think Chop lays out a nice argument for uh, killing the clock there. I do have more interest in Thomas uh, than Chop. He's had at least eight targets in nine straight games. Uh, had his biggest game of the season against the Falcons only a couple weeks ago. And I think there's room in this offense for, uh, you know, more than one guy to eat. So I like Thomas quite a bit. Not interested in any of the other receivers. For the Falcons, I do like Devontae Freeman quite a bit, even if Tevin Coleman's back. Uh, you know, he was kind of the workhorse there uh, even before Coleman, you know, suffered that concussion. So I think he's fine. 6,500 coming off of that big game. We know he's really good in the passing game. They are going to be playing from behind. And then Julio Jones, I do have a lot of respect for uh, Lattimore, but Julio can beat anyone in a one-on-one matchup. Had five for 98 against uh, Lattimore in their last matchup, so I don't mind going right back there. So, yeah, Freeman, Julio, Thomas, Ingram. I like uh, this game quite a bit. I think you can stack it up. Uh, even in cash games. Yeah, for sure. And, and I have interest in Freeman as well. It looked great last night, and, and hopefully that fumble didn't cause many people some issues in their season-long playoffs. So pouring out for old Dan Box team. I was talking to him earlier today, and that fumble cost him. But uh, Freeman looked good. You know, ran with attitude. We know that's what he does. New Orleans, uh, much more vulnerable to the run than they are the pass. So Julio's always in play, but a Freeman, especially if Coleman's out, but even if he's in, I have some interest there at 6,500. And then, of course, those New Orleans running backs. I prefer Ingram, but I think you could play them both if you can make it work. Next game, guys, Chargers and Jets. Chargers, one of those teams, you know, playoffs, lives are at stake here. Jets, they are out of it. It's Bryce Petty. Chargers, pretty big road favorites here, higher than I thought it would be uh, at about minus seven. So, Derek, where do we come out on the Chargers offense? We've got to keep an eye on Keenan Allen. You know, he got banged up in that last game. Could open up some value. Sounds like he's going to play, but uh, if he's out, who do you prefer? And then is this a Melvin Gordon week against the Jets? Yeah, if Keenan Allen's out, I think you just sprinkle, you know, all of these, uh, you know, shifty receivers in tournaments. Tyrell Williams, Travis Benjamin. I think uh, Hunter Henry would become more interesting there. Well, he may be oh, out too. Geez. I forgot about that one. He has a minor laceration of his kidney. And I don't know how the oh, hell that can be minor when your kidney's lacerated, but okay. So. They're not sure yet if he's going to play or not, but I would put him more on the doubtful side of things. I mean, if my kidney's lacerated, I'm probably not playing football, but we'll see. So could be without Allen right. and Henry. So 
Maybe maybe old man Antonio Gates comes back. So yeah, definitely a wait and see approach with the Chargers. Uh, if Rivers is missing one or two of his best uh, wideouts, I don't think you want to go there. But I do think there would be value if uh, Allen or Henry ended up missing. Also think it could be good uh, spot for Melvin Gordon. Finally got going last week. Uh, we know the Jets pretty average against the run, and they really struggle against uh, running backs that can catch the ball out of the backfield. Gordon's going to see the targets. He's going to see the goal line work. I like him quite a bit uh, at 7,200. The only problem with Gordon is every time you know we start believing in, in him again, uh, that's when he fails to show up. But I think it's a good spot for him. On the Jets side, Robbie Anderson's really the only one I'm interested in. Does have a connection with Petty. Played well with him last uh, year. You know, Anderson had to deal with Lattimore last week, so not really holding that against him. I think he bounces back uh, – Although he will see Casey Hayward. So, I mean, I think probably more of a tournament play for me. No interest in ASJ just because, uh, you know, he's been quiet over the last six weeks or so. All right, Chop, couple questions for you. A, kudos on the Melvin Gordon call on that slate. You called it. He did well. So, interest level in him. And then if you had a lacerated kidney, where would your interest level be in playing football? Yeah, I'd probably want to sit this one out with a lacerated kidney, man. I mean, I mean, golly, that's that's rough. Football players are tough, man, but you got to know when to say when. Like the one I remember, it reminds me of old Phil Sims' kid, Chris Sims, when he when he went out there and oh, played yeah. and busted up his spleen and almost died on the field, and but still kept playing though, or until so they finally got him out. But yeah, uh, I would have no interest in playing, but. Uh, I just I look at the Chargers and the thing that jumps to my mind is Melvin Gordon. I, I think I mentioned it last week. He's around twenty four fantasy point DraftKings points a game on the road. He's only at about thirteen at home. For some reason, they turned to him on the road last week against Kansas City on the road. Uh, sure enough, he busts busts out with a twenty nine point DraftKings game last week. The New York Jets uh, against Melvin. Uh, Against the New Orleans Saints, let me see. I could pull it up real fast, but it was uh, what's his name? Mel Ingram. Ingram busted out. I remember he busted out almost a hundred yards receiving, didn't he? Or over a hundred yards? I believe so. Yeah, he was up. I know he was at least in the nineties the last I had looked. So I'll look that up. Yeah, he, he had a big pass catching game against the Jets. So 70, 77, six for seventy seven. There you go. I mean, that means that uh, Melvin Gordon could very well be in play again here. So. He may be the first option, especially with Keenan Allen being a little bit banged up. He's never been a guy who played all that well with injury. He's kind of like Stefan Diggs. I think the production goes down quite a bit when they have knick-knack injuries. So, and if Hunter Henry, who's your best tight end, is is banged up too, Phillip Rivers may have a lack of targets. They may turn to Melvin Gordon quite a bit. So I think Melvin Gordon's the guy I want to I look at in this game. And on the other side, like – I'm not going to mess with this three-headed backfield unless some guys are out this week, and I don't know if that's the case. And I don't want to trust – as much as I want to trust Robbie Anderson, I don't want to go against the L.A. secondary, and I don't want to go against him with Bryce Petty. So the New York Jets may be a full fade for me. Now back to the Gordon thing. You know, Ingram had six catches, so did Kamara. Six catches and a touchdown. And that's been the difference in Melvin Gordon on the road. When you look at the stats, it's 14 receptions in seven home games at home compared to 35 receptions in seven road games. So five receptions a game against a team that just gave up 12 receptions to running backs. Uh, that's an intriguing play, especially if the Jets can somehow stay competitive or even have a lead. That may lead to even more Melvin Gordon receptions. So 7,200, 
lowest price he's been in a while as well. There you go. See, I'm I'm glad we pieced it together because all the stat nerds were at home right now going, oh, it's all noise. That's just noise. This, that splits them, but we pieced it together for you guys. It's his pass catching on the road, so now you can just rest assured that the stat really means something. He is better on the road. Between the three of us, we'll figure it out. So next game for us, we got to talk about a true American hero in Todd Gurley, oh, ladies yes. and gentlemen. He carried me. He carried me to victory in my big home league. So thank you, Mr. Gurley. I needed each and every one of those touchdowns. But a huge game for him. Now goes to Tennessee. The Rams still in, obviously right squarely in the playoff hunt, as are the Titans. So two teams, a, a lot to play for in this one. Top, let's get started. Now do we go back to Todd Gurley? I also want to bring up Jared Goff. We know this season when he's faced bad pasties, He's done very, very well. This would qualify as a bad pasty. So I have interest in a ton of Rams in this one. Titans, not so much. Pretty good Rams D. So all the Rams for me. Chop, where do you come out in this game? So uh, for the Rams, well, I mean, we could start off with Todd Gurley. The price tag is up there now, 9.1. So you got to pick where it should be. It absolutely has to be. But when you look at this guy, like he's had one game the entire year where you you would be super, super disappointed. And that was against Seattle. And that was a game where the first drive of the game, he was on his way into the end zone, fumbled through the pylon, and they didn't count it. So that kind of started his day off and ruined it. But that's the only game you, you turn to for his whole season and say he didn't really give you some decent points in a cash game. So for cash games, man, if you got the if you got the money to spend on Gurley, he's as safe of a player as there is in fantasy these days. Uh, so you could go there, but I also do think it's a, a passing game for tennis uh, for the Rams. I think Goff has a decent game here. I think he turns a lot to it. Looked like Robert Woods looks looks healthy, man. So that's the guy I want to turn my attention to if I'm trying to pair Goff with somebody is Robert Woods. Uh, I think it's going to be a pass-heavy approach by the Rams. And that that still means Gurley, too, coming out of the backfield catching passes. Tennessee, interesting, because we know they want to run it. They don't have a clear number one. They want to split the carries between those two guys. But I think they will be able to run it in this game. So I'm a little worried to take Mariota and Rashard Matthews and Delaney Walker because I think they do try to pound it quite a bit. Uh, but I don't think you can use either one of the backs because they want to give each one of them like 13 carries each and split it up right down the middle. But, you know, if I'm going to if I'm forced to choose anybody here, I'm going to look at Rashard Matthews just for the f- case that maybe it gets to be shootout, a shootout here. And I want some a piece of the pass catch the best receiver they got on their whole team. Uh, so I'll do that. And then if you're forcing my hand, I'm going to say this is, could be a Derrick Henry game, but that's a total guess the way they split the carries with these guys. Yeah, they need to. DeMarco just needs to turn in his, his playbook, and it's been a good career, but he just looks dead out there. Looks like a corpse running the ball. So, Derek, have you officially joined the Todd Gurley bandwagon? If you didn't do it after last week, I don't know what to tell you. The, the train is leaving the state. It left the station a long time ago. We're trying to drag you behind on the side of the train. Are you officially on board there? And then hit on Jared Goff. I mean, the guy's got multiple touchdown passes in six of his last seven. It's a bad Tennessee defense, 23rd in DVOA against a pass. He's only 6,100. I think a lot of people – I agree with Chop. You know, Gurley, safe. We don't have Le'Veon Bell in this slate. Plug him in. But I think the passing game could go overlooked here. Yeah, I'm a full-fledged convert to Team Gurley. Uh, I have been for a while. Right. I have been for a while, but uh, you guys aren't giving me any credit over here. Um, 
You got to earn your stripes. We, me and Chop went through last year. We took a lot, well, a lot that, of beatings. That was last why I was off him at the first so. of the year. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, last week I had on my main FanDuel lineup, I had Russell Wilson, Antonio Brown, and Devin Funches, and Gurley still, you know, helped me cash in some leagues. So, oh my gosh, nice, yeah, it, golly, it was nuts. <laughs> um, so I love Gurley again. If you have the money to pay up for him, he's definitely the running back that I want uh, in cash games and tournaments. Basically, plays you know 100 of the running back snaps. Uh, you know, last last week he got a few snaps off just because they were winning by so much. But he's going to be the guy in this one once again. I like uh, Robert Woods. I'm probably not going to be using Goff because I like Gurley so much. But I do like Robert Woods. Saw seven targets, even though that game against the Seahawks turned into a blowout. We know Woods is the preferred target of Goff. And that's about it on the Rams side. I think you can get most of their offensive production through Gurley and Woods. At least that's what I'm hoping. For Tennessee, yeah, Murray has not looked good. But if you follow the snap counts, he's played 84 and 77% of the snaps the last two weeks. Meanwhile, Derrick Henry's played 23 and 26% of the snaps. So, you know, maybe they're just, uh, I don't know why, but they're giving him more work right now. So if you want to look at one of them, I do think Murray's going to be the guy I'd rather have. We know the... Rams' run defense has been a little leaky lately. And then Rashard Matthews looked great last week against the Niners. I think he's back. 5,100 is definitely a great price on him. Uh, I could see I could end up uh, using him in my main lineup just because that price is so uh, enticing. All right, last game for us on the 1 o'clock slate, at least, and we'll get to the three afternoon games. And, guys, this is a time saver here. We don't need to spend a ton of time unless you see more than I do. Derek Denver traveling to Washington. What do you got in this one? Because you know I don't see much uh, that's of appeal to me. Yeah, Broncos haven't even announced a quarterback yet, so I don't really have any interest there. I mean, Thomas and Sanders are always interesting in tournaments, but you know who knows who's going to be throwing on the ball. Um, so I, yeah, I don't really, I don't really have a ton of interest on the Broncos side. For the Redskins, I mean, P. Ryan was a big disappointment last week. I liked him a lot earlier in the week and then uh, ended up going ivory over him, which didn't work out. But didn't have to tilt the P. Ryan, uh, you know, the bad the bad outing from him. We know the Broncos really good against the run, so probably don't have a ton of interest there, even though he should be the guy once again. I think Cousins to any of his receivers are interesting. Uh, Vernon Davis, probably, you know, my my most uh, most appealing guy. Broncos 25th in DVA against tight ends. Davis only 3,400. Yeah, I'm with you on Vern there. Big Vern, only 3,400, like you said, and a decent matchup. But chop a low total here. Any more optimism on this game than we share at a 41 total? Washington, about three and a half point home favorites. Uh, not, not really. When, when I, when I do a, like a personal cheat sheet here later on in the week, it will include Vernon Davis in the tight ends and Jamison Crowder ranked kind of low for wide receivers, but he will be on the list. He'll be on the final cut. And those are the only guys for Washington. And then on the flip side, uh, I'll include Demarius Thomas on my list because he's always a threat and he looks pretty decent lately. And I will include CJ Anderson because he is starting to get the bulk of the work. He gets a little extra rest for this game, having played on Thursday night. And and I think this is a, a game they could uh they could win in the trenches and he could get some yards. So I'll include C.J. Anderson in there. Yeah, Washington, definitely more vulnerable against the run, 20th uh, DVOA ranking there. So, all right, afternoon slate. This is an intriguing game, Chop. Jacksonville traveling to San Francisco. And, you know, we know that Jags defense is elite. We also know that Jimmy Garoppolo been playing very, very well. So 
a big test here at home and the spread a little bit lower than I thought it would be. So, you know, any interest in San Francisco here against the best D in the league. And then Jacksonville, we've seen the price go up on a Blake Bortles, been consistent, getting it done each and every week, but not 6,500. Where do we attack this San Francisco defense with our Jaguars? Okay, I'll start off with San First of all, this is the uh, irresistible force against the immovable object. Jimmy, well, that's some, some, old, some old 80s wrestling terms. Jimmy there, Garoppolo Chuck. against the best defense in the NFL for the past decade. I mean, yeah, this is everybody. The newly anointed Jimmy Garoppolo, the one who's better than Tom Brady now. <laughs> Get ready, guys, because this defense <laughs> is about to smoke this guy. I like him. He look, he's looking a lot better than what I thought he was. Hey, I'll, I'll do my I'll do my third and wrong on Jimmy Garoppolo. He's looked better than what I – I don't know if I might have used that last week on Garoppolo. But even if I did, I'm going to use it again because he keeps looking good. But – but this Jacksonville defense is no joke, man. So, And he can't get it in the end zone. He has a hard time with the end zone targets down there. He doesn't have anybody to throw to. So yeah, I got a feeling that they're going to they're gonna bend him over and, and spank him <laughs> this week. So, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't want any out. part of this San Francisco offense at all. I think Jacksonville is still playing for a lot, and this defense is one of the better defenses I've seen in a lot of, a lot of years, man. I mean, I might have to go back to – uh, well, I know you could go back to Denver that won the Super Bowl over Cam Newton a few years, yeah. but man, the best defense I ever saw probably was the Ray Lewis defense there in Baltimore for a while when they won their Super Bowl. So uh, it's it's on that level, man. Their secondary is shut down. They got a pass rush and they improved at the trade deadline to get a, a run stopper. They're looking good. So on the flip side, Jacksonville, how are they going to get it done? If Fournette is back, he'll be one of my top backs this week. I think he he would be in a good spot here against this defense. And they don't want to pin those too much on Blake Bortles too many weeks in a row. So I would turn to Fournette. But if he's out, then obviously I'd fire up Bortles again and look at D.D. Westbrook. And, I mean, you've got to look at Keelan Cole now, especially against a secondary like this that will get burned deep anyway. Uh, so, yeah, Jacksonville looking good. Because I, I think Marquis Lee will be out here for the rest of the regular season. So you could turn to those guys. All right, Derek, you're the Jags fan, so you got to love hearing Chops. You know, the old dad life, going to bend him over, give him a little spanking here. Uh, that's got to be music to your ears as a Jags fan. So I agree with him. I don't have any interest in the San Francisco side of things. You could make an argument maybe for Carlos Hyde to be more involved in the passing game, but, you know, I'm going to be a, a hard pass on those Niners. What about the Jags? Prices are up. Who are the preferred targets for Jacksonville? Pretty much just going to echo what Chop said. Fournette plays. Love him in this spot. You can beat the Niners through the run or the pass. If he's out, I uh, don't mind Bortles. I mean, 6500 is kind of a crazy price to pay for him. Uh, I didn't think he'd be more expensive than you know Marcus Mariota at this point in the season, but here we are. Uh, and he's missing his best three wide receivers to start the year now. Uh, and Allen Robinson, Marquise Lee, and Allen Hearns. So it's pretty crazy, uh, you know, the turnaround that he's made this season. I like pairing him up with D.D. Westbrook. I still think he's going to be the guy in this offense, especially now that Lee's out. Uh, I like the Keelan Cole call. I won't be looking at Jaden Mickens. I mean, he had a couple touchdowns last week, but he only played 40% of the snaps. So I don't expect, uh, you know, him to have another big outing. So, yeah, Fournette, if he plays. If not, I like Bortles to D.D. and Keelan Cole. For the 49ers, I'm kind of with you guys. Uh, just fade them as a whole. A lot of people will see the matchup. Uh, you know, the Jaggers are 29th against the run and DVOA. But since they've traded for Marshall Darius, they've been a lot better against the run. And uh, just not really a great spot for the Niners offense as a whole. I think they're going to struggle to move the ball, which uh, limits my interest in Hyde quite a bit. 
All right, next game, another time saver for us, Giants in Arizona. And, Derek, I think the big question here, we're going back to Drew Stanton, only 4,500. We saw Nick Foles have a big game uh, against the Giants last week. Where's your interest level in Stanton? Uh, Fitzgerald's been good at home. And then the Giants team put up a fight against Philadelphia. But to me, that was a division rival. Now you're traveling across the country, play Arizona. I'm not ready to go back to any of these Giants. So real quick thoughts here, Giants and Cardinals. Yeah, I really hope I don't need to go all the way down to Stanton, a quarterback. That is a recipe for disaster for sure. So uh, I'm hoping I don't have to take that route. Kerwin Williams is interesting if they have a lead, but if not, DJ Foster is going to end up getting some work. So don't really have a ton of interest there. I just think uh, Fitz is going to be the guy on Arizona's side. No, we don't like playing old man Fitz this late into the season, but uh, Stanton likes throwing him the ball. He's just a guy that's going to get a lot of targets and a lot of high-quality targets. So high floor for Fitz. I think he's definitely viable. For the Giants' side, yeah, they just blew up out of nowhere last week. Um, you know, who knew Zach Ertz being out would hurt their de- the Eagles' defense so much? I was uh, – Really weird to see from the Giants, but I'm not going back to him this week. Sterling Shepard will probably draw Patrick Peterson. You can maybe look at Evan Ingram, but 5,600 seems like a lot for him. I think it's a good weekend to pay down at tight end. All right, Chop, where do you come out on Drew Stanton? I, I'm not as uh, as depressed about him as Derek seems to be. I mean, he's calling it a disaster. I mean, 15 and 15 in, in his starts, 4,500 if I get that. Uh, I'm not angry at that, so... I don't think you have to go there, but he's an intriguing play at 4,500. So break the tie there, interest level in Stanton. And then what are we doing with these Giants? Are you buying last week? Are you going away against Arizona this week? So on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being very interested, 0 being not interested at all. Don't say 5. Drew Stanton, I would probably rank him. There's a five involved, but it's a negative five. I don't <laughs> yes. want it. Oh, I, so I don't want no yes. two I don't. Wow. Man, I just. He's very, very. I mean, you're. I don't know. I don't want any yes. part of him, man. <laughs> I, I, I love paying down at quarterback, but I won't pay down just and just settle for any old thing. I mean, you get stuck with one of those uh, Kaiser games like I did last week, and you're you're done. So, I don't want that. But I think actually, what I'm looking at in this game is. Uh, if Kerwin Williams is out again and he left that game early last week, they turned a lot to Elijah Penny. So for three grand, if I got a starting running back against the Giants, I'd be fine with that. Uh, but that's about the only thing I want on that team. Uh, Fitzgerald is good in theory, but I don't think I want to go there. Not not in week 16 with nothing to play for and a bad quarterback. Yeah, he's going to get targets, but it's still it's still not a good all, – not all targets are created equal, so I don't think I want – and then on the flip side, I guess it would come down to who's Patrick Peterson going to shadow. If it is Shepard, then that shuts down this whole offense for me. I don't want any piece of it. If Sterling Shepard somehow looks like he's going to avoid Peterson for most of the game, I'll go back to Sterling Shepard, but that's about it. 6600 and the price is up there in Sterling Shepard, up from 52 I know he had a big game, but that, that's pretty much of a jump. Negative five chop. Come on, man! Really? He is. He is not. All he right. is not good. Uh, when, when I when I shipped at the tournaments with Drew Stanton in there, just remember this moment, people. All right, last game for us, Chop. We're we're gonna give the reins to you here. Ezekiel Elliott making his return. We got Seattle. We got Dallas. So where is your interest level in Zeke? Been out for the last six weeks. Now comes back. Not a great matchup. Seattle's still been good against the run, but. Uh, where do we go? Only 8K. So fifth most expensive running back 
on DraftKings. Where's your level there? Does it help the rest of this Dallas offense as well, uh, getting Zeke back? Obviously it does. Who are the biggest benefactors? Ezekiel Elliott, coming, my savior, coming back to win me a championship in week 16, baby. You know it's going to – he's going to come back this week and he's going to absolutely smother this defense. We just saw him get lit up by Todd Gurley. And I think uh, – I mean, obviously you can't predict four touchdowns, but I think Elliott could have another huge game against Seattle at home this week. Fresh. I mean, he's fresh, man. Six weeks rested now. Uh, yeah, they're going to run the ball. That's going to be their main focus. I don't want any part of Prescott or or Des Bryant or Jason Witten. I just want all Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott for the Cowboys. On the flip side, uh, I think it's going to set up nicely for Russell Wilson and a couple of his receivers here, even Jimmy Graham. Uh, I'd be all over them. I probably don't. I know people got burned by Mike Davis, and I didn't. I didn't do that last week. I didn't do the Mike Davis thing, but. I probably won't go back to him this week, even if I did do it or not. I don't. I just wouldn't go back to him. I think Russell Wilson is the main focus here, throwing to his receivers in a game where they're going to be behind anyway. So I'm, I'm going the Russell Wilson route one more time. I know he burned us last week, but I'll go back to it. But Elliott, man, I think Elliott is arguably the number one running back this week. Oh, well, now Derek, you got is that a is that a Cowboy fan take or is that an accurate take here? So where's your interest level? on Ezekiel Elliott and the rest of this Dallas offense. And then Russell Wilson, great point. You know, it burned pretty much all of us. I think it's a spot you go back to him in a good matchup against Dallas. Yeah, I think Elliott deserves to be right up there. I don't think I'd put him above Gurley, but when you're factoring price, $1,100 discounts, definitely, uh, you know, interesting. Zeke, before he uh, got suspended, 29, 26, 33, and 27 rushes. And that doesn't even include uh, his pass game work. They're going to ride him in this one. Seahawks defense missing a ton of key pieces. Uh, I love the spot for for Zeke. And hopefully if they build the lead, that's going to be great for Russell Wilson on the other side. I'll be going right back to him. I'm hoping to be able to pay up for him in cash games. So I think he has such a high floor and high ceiling uh, that you just play him. You know, last week, the weather kind of mess with them a little bit and he's had some struggles with the Rams throughout his career so not going to hold that one against him think he bounces back in a big way I think you can pair him with Baldwin or Jimmy Graham uh, Graham has the most targets of any player inside the 10 yard line this season Cowboys ranked 27th in DVA against tight ends so yeah I think this is a great game uh, I like this one as much as uh, as the Saints game I think it's just going to be uh, high scoring and uh, a lot of opportunity for Wilson and for Zeke on the other side yeah, I agree. And this one doesn't stand out as much. You know, that one in Atlanta, New Orleans, 53-point total. Everybody's looking at that. But sometimes the, these 46s, 47s, where this one sits, can fall between the cracks. And I definitely think could be a shootout. So Zeke, definitely in play. Russell Wilson, good spot to bounce back. I uh, like this game as much as you guys. Definitely a stackable game. All right, that'll wrap up the main slate again. Thanks for tuning in, guys. The DFS OGs pod. We're going to hit on these two Monday games. Yeah, we don't have pricing as of this recording, but we'll just look at the games, guys, and, and two pretty big spreads here uh, in these two games. We get Pittsburgh without Antonio Brown, so it should be a lot of Le'Veon Bell here, 10-point favorites going to Houston, and then we have Oakland traveling to Philadelphia uh, for the night game on Monday as nine-point underdog. So, Derek, again, without pricing, just quick thoughts here on this slate who are some must plays at all the positions? Just give your quick thoughts on everything. Yeah, so this is a Christmas slate. I'll probably be taking this one off. 
not that I want to uh, focus my time on my family, but uh, I'll be playing more NBA on Christmas than NFL. Um, for the Steelers, yeah, play Le'Veon Bell. I think you can play Smith-Schuster or Martavis Bryant. I think Jesse James might get a few extra targets. Uh, really good spot for the Steelers offense as a whole. Not really sure about Ben and his road splits, but in a two-game slate, I certainly think he's fine. Uh, for the Texans, we saw DeAndre Hopkins get it done with TJ Yates at, as his quarterback and against Jalen Ramsey. So if he can do that, then I certainly think he can have success against the Steelers. Not too interested in uh, anyone else in this offense. Maybe a little bit of Lamar Miller in tournaments. And then what about the Oakland-Philly game? Uh, Oakland-Philly, yeah, Eagles pass defense just forgot to show up last week. I think they bounced back uh, in a big way in this one. I think Crabtree is going to be the guy you want to target uh, in this passing offense. Not really too interested in Lynch. He's been playing well recently, but game flow is not going to be his friend in this one. And then uh, the Eagles side, I think you can play all these guys. You know, Nick Foles looked great. Um Still no interest in the running game. Just don't know how many carries each guy's going to get. So I would play Foles with Jeffrey Aguilar and or Ertz. Yeah, Jai, I mean, he did all right. Just He wasn't as as involved as I was hoping. So we'll see about that one. But Philly should be able to do whatever they want. I'm, in, I'm interested to see what Nick Foles' price is uh, after last week in this game. All right, Chop, wrap us up here. Monday night, uh, two games for us. What are your quick thoughts on this slate as a whole? Yeah, Pittsburgh, anybody on Pittsburgh is in play. Uh, you just lock in Le'Veon Bell for sure, and then you run it. You pair him with either uh, Martavis or Juju or even Jesse James, whatever you want to do. Hopkins has been a stud this year. He's the only guy on that whole team I think I would even vaguely entertain rostering. Uh, but if you can make room for him, then go for it. Uh, Philadelphia, like you guys said, same, I echo the same thoughts. The running game, disappointing that we can't get any separation for Ajayi. So I don't want to go back there. I've already gotten burned too many times this year with Ajayi out there getting his 12 carries. I don't, I need more than that uh, from him. Uh, so the passing game is all all in play. Foles, Ertz, Alshon. Man, I was surprised Aguilar was that good last week with Foles at quarterback, but he was. So you can go back to that guy too. And Oakland becomes a one-man show. It's, uh, it's all Crabtree. If I take anybody from the Oakland offense, it's Crabtree. All right, that'll wrap us up. Quick note here, James Conner was sent to IR. Doesn't really matter. Le'Veon Bell gets all the work, but breaking news, Steelers signed Steven Ridley. I don't think he's going to have any involvement in this offense, but just wanted to pass it along. All right, let's do our Faith Hill plays. We'll get some bold calls, and we'll wrap it up here for Week 16. Chop, who are you keeping the faith in here in Week 16? Uh, I know he just had a decent game last night with Mike Evans, but uh... – He's been so disappointing this year. I'm going. I'm going. Mike Evans here to have a huge game on uh, Sunday against Carolina, who I think can be beat in the secondary. And Mike Evans finally snapped out of it last night, and I think he can outdo that production by quite a bit this week. So I'm going Mike Evans with a huge game. All right, Derek. Who is your Faith Hill play week sixteen? My Faith Hill play is going to be D.D. Westbrook. Let a lot of people down last week. Just a strange game for the Jaguars' offense as a whole. They scored six touchdowns, and none of them were from their starting running back or their best healthy receiver in that game. So I think a uh, nice bounce back spot for Westbrook here against the Niners, who have uh, been repeatedly beaten by uh, you know speedy receivers this season. 
All right, I'm going to keep the faith in Josh Gordon, guys. We talked about it. The targets will be there. Maybe not the best matchup out there, but I think a lot of people are going to go away from him uh, after heavy ownership the last two weeks and could be low-owned. Not the best matchup, but I think he gets it done here against the Chicago Bears. Josh Gordon, my faith he'll play for Week 16. All right, let's wrap it up. Bold calls. Derek, you get to lead us off. What do you got? All right, bold calls. I'm going to say Kenyon Drake uh, keeps it going, has at least eight catches and uh, you know 25 touches, over 100 yards. Only scores one touchdown, though, just because uh, Chiefs defense has been really good at home. All right, Chop, what do you got? Bold call week 16. My bold call is if he plays, got to check the injuries on Sunday, but if he plays, I think Joe Mixon has a monster game here. Against Detroit at home, I think uh, 100 yards and a touchdown, maybe two touchdowns. Joe Mixon. All right. My bold call, I was going to go with Jared Goff to have a big game. I think that's going to happen. But the negative five spurned me on, and I think Drew Stanton is going to (laughs) outperform the negative five rating handed down on my chop. I don't even know what Derek's rating was. I'm going to say it was a zero. Drew Stanton goes for over 20 DraftKings points in this game against the Giants. My bold call. For week 16. All right, guys, final thoughts here. We'll get out of here. Chop, what do you got? Yeah, man. So uh, I guess for sure I want to say uh, a Merry Christmas because this podcast is going to be the week of Christmas. So we're going to give a Merry Christmas to everybody. It's winding down, and I, I just can't believe we're at a point now where my memory of the first week is that everybody doubted Todd Gurley. And here we are right before Christmas and he bestowed a gift upon us with that game against Seattle. And man, what a, what a what a treat he's been this year. So let's get him. Championship week. I'm ready. Let's go. Hell yeah. Gurley's a nice little present under the Christmas tree. So it's got to be in the MVP conversation. Derek, final thoughts. What do you got here for Yeah, I can't 16? believe all those fish didn't believe in Gurley right from uh, week one. Oh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, only one OG pod left, so I'm going to miss doing this every week. But, uh, yeah, good luck and uh, enjoy some family time over the holidays. Absolutely. So it's been a pleasure, guys. As always, love doing this each and every week. Gives us a first look at the game. So thank you to everybody for tuning in. As always, a Merry Christmas. Be safe out there. Enjoy the time with your family watching football, basketball, a big day on NBA. But uh, that'll wrap us up here for Week 16. For my boys, Head Chopper, Notorious, I am Beer, saying salut. Good luck this week, guys. Merry Christmas. We'll see you right back here next week for week 17. We're out of here.